What's up, world? Welcome back to Cloud Conversations, where two longtime friends talk about anything and everything. With your host, myself, I'm Luriana Mercado. And I'm Harvey Banks. And today we have a special guest with us, Ashish Grover, an aspiring entrepreneur all the way from India, looking to conquer the American dream. So what's good, Ashish? Why don't you just start off telling the people out there listening in the world a little bit about yourself. Hey guys, thanks for having me here. I am, as you know, I'm Ashish Grover. I'm 24 years old from India, belong to a small town and a law dropout. I came to Harvard University to attend some conferences and then I realized I don't think so I need to go back and make some US dollars here and help the US economy to grow. Yes, I'm here to make some big thing and yeah, I guess I'm gonna be bigger than Elon Musk after then. What's say? All right, fuck yeah. I like, I that. like that. I like that energy. I got a question for you. Um, Ashish, so you said you come to America. We know you're here for the United States dollar, as we all are. Uh, but I'm interested in kind of knowing what your version of the American dream is. Because we hear that a lot in America. And it means different things to even to different sectors of this country. But for someone that didn't grow up here, how did you view America like coming up? Like, what do you see that dream as? All right. So I guess you guys are used to the term opportunities, right? So everybody says it, that America is a land of opportunity. Let me tell you guys, that is for real. If you go to any other country, see, I belong from India. That's a developing country, but it has so much potential. You can't even imagine. It has potential, but no resources, no resources personally for me. I felt like if I go to America, so I'm in America, I didn't have any resources when I came here, but I made myself up. I'm at that level right now so that I can kick in and do something on my own, make a business or whatever. But yeah, the question was what American dream means to me, right? So the thing is, of course, the opportunity, the purpose and the money at the end of the day. See, in America, it's it's the world power, it's the superpower. It's it's gonna be forever. That's what I believe. And mm-hmm. to start from the top, and of course, there's no end after that. I am starting at the top, and there's no below it. So yes, that's that's my view, and that's my words, and that's what I feel America holds. And I'm definitely sure I'm gonna make it. Do you have what's something that's like been sort of surprising to you since you've got to America? Like maybe you didn't expect it to be either a this easy or hard Mm, um this may sound weird to you i mean uh, the thing is i mean i'm not from here and coming from a developing country and talking about poverty i guess that is something which i was totally surprised i stayed in new york for like two months and now i'm here in oregon and the thing is the poverty the people Mm. I mean, I don't know. I thought America is a land of money. People are privileged. They are. They are, you know. But when it comes to their things, you know, I mean, there are people who are just going through hard times. There are people who are just going through hardships. And I guess that is something I wasn't expecting. And it's it's not as easy as uh, we see it. It's, of yeah. course, America is a land of hard work. If you are lazy... If you don't like hard work, you're not going to make it. No matter what you're going to do, no matter how millions you have in your bank, you got to hard work. And I guess that is the only thing I learned after coming here. So, I mean, 
in India, we I used to have a sedantic lifestyle. You know, when I came to America, I had to do everything on my own, uh, which felt weird to me. I never did my own laundry. I never did my own dishes. So it was kind of uh, surprising. And you know Wait, what? Who did your dishes? Uh, when I was in India? Yeah. Oh, we, we had servants. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's cool. Okay. Yeah. okay. Isn't this fancy? <laughs> yeah. So I always say this about America. I've heard that from a couple of different people. I had a friend that was from Africa and he kind of said the same thing that the thing that shocked him the most was the amount of poverty that, that he's seen once he got here. And I, I explained it to him that America is just it's it's a really, really good marketing scheme is what it is. Right. Um, <laughs> we have built this. We have built this thing up for 400 years that anyone could come here and make anything of themselves. And the fact, what takes the marketing one step further is that we will accept anyone, but we accept anyone with the idea of putting you in a certain place. Mm -hmm. And now here's where it does get interesting. You do have the options to rise from that place, but the system isn't just intrinsically designed to elevate you to that place. You're going to have to work for it, like you said. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a marketing thing. And America's really great at marketing the land of opportunity, but I don't want to kill your vibe. So just uh, stick yeah. around for a while, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, when I came in, when I came to America, I had, of course, I still have some big dreams. I, I know where I want to go. I have plan. I have goals. I have objectives. I, I got everything in my own, but the thing is, um, of course the hard work, I mean, I guess that's the essence and that's something inevitable. You can just, um, you know, you, you're, I guess you're getting my vibe. You're getting what I feel, you know, I can't mm -hmm. just explain in the words. Yeah. You got to do everything on your own. And that what makes you realize who you real are. So there's so many things I came to know about myself when I moved to America. I didn't know about that. I mean, I felt I was I felt I was super cool. I was nice, but after coming to America, I realized that I'm so weird in so many contexts. You know that mm -hmm. that it it just helped me grow. It's it's gonna help me grow. And I'm a kind of guy who just grew up watching Shark Tank. You know, you know. Yeah. So I was always fascinated by the thing. You know, okay, America, we have so many ideas. We can make it into reality because we're gonna get so many investors. Because I already had kind of dream. Um, that if I go to America only, then it's going to happen. So I, w I had that kind of thing. And I'm not, I'm not saying that India doesn't have any potential. There are so many startups which are just making billion dollars right now in India. And they are moving towards um, America, such as Baiju's. If you have heard about it, that's a kind of a educational thing. But it's it's working hard and people are working hard and Indians are known for hard work, man. So, yes, if you go and see in America, majority of Indians you will find. I mean, you will find on the top levels. They are just earning million and paying a million in taxes, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Loriana, how did you come across the sheesh? Oh, yeah. He actually he works just like a block away from my house. And we ended up just starting talking about business and just this and that and. Also, we were just like, hey, we just ended up connecting along, you know, just being like-minded individuals. And then just one day it was like, hey, let's just kick it. Oh, okay, cool. cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then 
found out like you know she's nine years younger than me or some shit like that and i'm like all right this this should be interesting but i think him being from india so diverse especially with his background uh of all the things he's seen and he's done makes Mm -hmm. him a lot older in the states which which is which is just interesting i don't know it's just kind of fascinating i just the whole the cultural difference but then again, we're in Southern Oregon, so I'm like, out of everywhere you could have gone, Ashish. <laughs> yeah, I was Oregon? gonna say, I was gonna say, how did you, how did you, what was the decision to go from New York to Oregon? Yes. Yeah, so, All right. Yeah. So let me explain you how the Southern Oregon is right now. Okay. So let me just explain that in one word: dry. This place is fucking dry. There's nothing to do. I wasn't expecting Oregon to be like that. Of course, I knew about the Oregon. Like, people usually say it's not California. So if it's not California, there's, of course, it doesn't have any vibe or something like that. So it was Oregon. I was expecting a little bit of that. And plus, it's kind of a small town. So um, I would like to tell you how I felt about Loriano when I met him for the first time. You know, the thing is, I've been here for like, I guess a year now, maybe more than a year. And I've been, you know, I'm a kind of a guy who like to just hang around with different people. You know, I, when I was in India, I had a huge group of friends and I was not meant to be isolated, I would say. But when I came to America, I was, I was all by myself. I felt alone and all that shit because I couldn't get a like-minded people then, I mean, to me. And when I had just one conversation with Loriano and the best part, it was about business. I was like, this guy, got something i mean he's talking business in america i hardly get i mean people who talks about business i mean so far i didn't get anybody who literally want to do something in their lives they they are just living for the weekends so i was like they're not my because i feel i'm gonna be the one who's gonna be i mean it's it depends on the surroundings you guys i mean you people hang with hang out with so this guy the loriano I felt he he got some ideas. He talk about business. He talks talk about growing up. Um, he knows what's going on in the world. He knows about cryptocurrencies, and I was like kind of fascinated. I was like, bro, in Medford, people know about what Bitcoin is. Okay, let's let's have some beer and chat. So yeah, that that was kind of interesting. Uh, what do you feel about? How do you feel about crypto as as from a practical a, standpoint? Uh, go ahead, Loriana, because you know. I no, I was just questions. gonna. I was just gonna say, like, a as a in the future, as a perhaps a one world currency, because even like the Indian dollar, it, have you seen any like mindedness to cryptocurrency for the future? Has anybody discussed that over there? Is it the rupee? And, is that what that is? Is it rupee? Yeah. I uh, about in India about the cryptocurrencies. Yeah, what's the dollar over there? The coin that they use. Uh, it's rupees. I know dollar has a huge value in India, of course. You know, and it's- do they talk about cryptocurrency over there? And do they see any value in the future, perhaps, of thinking it's a one-world currency? All right. If you talk about the cryptocurrency, it has become a huge deal in the in the past year, I would say, or maybe a two, year or two, right? For Excuse India. Me. No, for the world, I guess. I mean, we were talking about the cryptocurrencies, but the Bitcoin, I mean, these things, well, the Ethereum and Dogecoin stuff, it became so, you know, talkative thing. You know, people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's It became popular since it just grew up from 15000 17000 20000 I know about the Bitcoin when it was $18,000. So uh, the thing is, 
in India, of course, people who belong to a tech background, who knows about the investment, because let me tell you about the stock market. In America, that's what I believe is 65% of the people have invested in the stock market or have had invested some at some point of time, right? But in India, even now, only three to four percent of people have invested in the stock market. That mm. what I believe. I may be wrong, but I'm just saying. Just what, you know what you see, right? Yeah. So of course, it, it's kind of uh, you know. Uh, I don't think so. It's people believe it's hard to trust the cryptocurrencies over there because I guess lack of awareness. They don't know about what's going on with that. There's not so many people who just talk about this thing because it's a US thing. It originated, I don't know, from Japan or whatever, but it became a huge deal in US and then all across the globe. And I guess um, I just heard, I guess, in the recent week or maybe a month that India is going to, India is going to ban the, you can't just buy the cryptocurrencies in India. That's how it wouldn't work. And that what I believe the cryptocurrency is going to happen. Um, as you said, Loriano, that it has a good future. It's going to be one currency. I hope so. I hope so it happens. But the thing is, when the government going to be in the power, uh, I don't think so. It's going to be government dominance. I don't think so. They're going to let people to have a decentralized system. Isn't it? kind of a really a bad effect in the economy it's gonna lessen the power of the government and the banks and it's gonna literally you know you know collapse well, my the infrastructure. Opinion, I, don't, I don't think it's ever gonna get to that point here's my only issue exactly. with, here's my only issue with cryptocurrency as it currently stands 98 percent of the transactions in cryptocurrency is just buying and selling of cryptocurrency no one's actually using it to buy stuff and if you want to actually be a, a respected currency, there's going to have to start being consumer transactions. You, you because, actually can buy a Tesla now for with Bitcoin. No, you can, you can buy a lot of stuff, yeah. but no one's doing it, though. And oh, then, no. <laughs> Why would the, you? <laughs> the, the, no, that's my, you know, no, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, yeah. either. That's my point. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's so like, be, yeah. but th that in itself kind of takes away from the yeah. idea that it could ever be an actual viable currency. Yeah. And it really makes me nervous because Tesla released their earnings reports. Did you see that they're sold off a big chunk of their Bitcoin? Yeah. Whoa. That yeah. was very strange. That's very strange. Well, I was strange too because uh, fucking Virgin Galactic, Richard Bronson's, sir, Richard Bronson, <laughs> sold off a good part of his share. And I'm like, bitch, you own this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so a shareholder makes, too. And that made me... Uh, they tried to tuck it in the bottom of the income report, which was interesting too. Yeah. Because they didn't even try to like sell it as this is a good thing or this is we're freeing up this. Right. Yeah. They just tried, they dumped a well, bunch of my like belief $52 million is that dollars worth. Who? <laughs> really? It was $52.4 million. So if your Bitcoin drop Bitcoin. overnight, you know why. That's exactly why. <laughs> yeah. But I honestly, I believe even cryptocurrency, especially Bitcoin, even though we're in year fucking what 20 but i think it's still new i i think this is another you know 20 30 years down the road but it's even then I, I i get it then you have to put a market cap on something if it has any interesting value because if i were well, to buy they, say they now, did they said they did with well i guess they didn't put a market cap on it They're yeah just not everyone's creating more bitcoin or whatever yeah they like paused it or some shit yeah, but yeah. there's some miners out there so it's it's, it's just an it's interesting confusing, story. man like it's a like i said i like if we could if we could paint the picture in the perfect way you know what i mean 
Oh, yeah. I would say, yes, let's go this route. It's just when I look at it from a practicality standpoint, A, why would I ever buy anything with crypto? Because what you if you do that, the price that you pay, <laughs> is, you understand it's only really going to be higher, right? Yeah. And Somebody so as a business, I would love to accept Bitcoin because, yes, you pay me in Bitcoin today. Two years later, technically, you're probably still paying me for whatever. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm still going to be gaining value on that crypt on that Bitcoin. It just doesn't make financial sense to pay anything to buy things right. with Bitcoin. Yeah. So, what do you believe the market cap of Bitcoin right now is? Uh, I think market cap. I really I don't know. You'd have to speak with someone smarter when it comes to that. Here's what I here's what I equate Bitcoin to though. Mm-hmm. Gold, the gold standard, right? Uh, Each, yes, every dollar. Be, yeah. Could be asset, I would say, yeah. The dollar used to be tied to the amount of gold that this country had years and years ago. We we broke through that barrier a long time ago, and now that's a scam in itself, too. But Mm -hmm. it used to be tied to the gold standard. And I think crypto is the closest thing I've seen to that, right? There's only so much of this stuff, and the value of it goes up and goes down. But it's just like, when's the last time you bought something with gold? You right. get yeah, gold, my, you keep gold, yeah. but when's the last time? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Gold? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this is all future based. But you want to hear a crazy story? Because uh, this is this is intense. So back in two thousand and two thousand and ten, some guy, some guy, <laughs> some guy in Florida. <laughs> no, whoa, hey, hey, uh, hey, you don't know much about Florida yet. Trust me, anytime you hear a crazy headline and the weirdest shit you've ever heard, they're probably from Florida. They're probably from Florida, yeah. (laughs) And so let me tell you this story, though. So this Florida man in 2010, I don't know the price of Bitcoin back then, but it was going to be very fucking low. So he paid for two pizzas at Papa John's with Bitcoin. He paid $10,000 worth of Bitcoin yeah, for two pizzas. And today, today it's worth over $80 million for two pizzas. I know. See the hype. It's all about the hype. So the reason why I asked the HP about the Bitcoin market cap, uh, the only reason I ask about it is if there is a cap. Okay. Do you know any platform who sells Bitcoins and all kinds of cryptocurrencies? Is it other than Coinbase? I use BlockFi. I mean, how many are they? Uh, there's, oh, there's, there's several. Yeah, yeah there's like several. Can you just count on fingers? Yeah, on uh, your fingers you can. Yeah, 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 definitely. You can, right? So in case it happens, if the cryptocurrency is going to be a big deal out of, I mean, in the coming future or whatever, you know who's going to hold the majority of that? And if you believe so, that it's going to be a one currency for the entire world, only several parties who right now sells and, I mean, who just trade Bitcoins and so they are going to be in the power. Is that going to happen? I don't believe so. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that Bitcoin is going to be a big deal. I hope so it happens or whatever that is. But it's not going to happen because of the government. There is infrastructure, there's organization, constitution. There's so many things. So yeah, you this, can't just yeah. yeah. This is yeah, the ahead. cryptocurrency is just trying to take out banks, pretty much. You know, decent, you know, people to people. Yeah. But but yeah, I totally get it. It's gonna. I, it's more of like a an extra trading platform, pretty much right now, where it's just yeah. like you're buying stock <laughs> in fucking 
Apple, but this it's, is more volatile. It's, di- it's digital trading cards. Yeah, exactly. NFT the NFTs, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is another. Well, I'm not trying to sound smart. I don't know what I, the fuck that NFT shit is. I'm not trying to. Every go time I try yeah. to figure that out, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yo, this I is know. the wildest shit ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I being like following Gary Vee for a long time. He's just talking about NFT these days. Uh, there's some kind of NFT is going to drop at 5th, May, 5th of May and he's just creating the hype around it. And I guess he's, he's, a, he's a fucking good entrepreneur, of course. He has that yeah. thing, you know? Now, but, the reason that... So NFTs, they're right up his alley, though, because he's also into the, the trading cards and stuff. So I yeah. can see him really being in it. You brought up Gary Vee, though. So, Ashish, when you did you find Gary Vee once you got to the United States, or was you in India when you first figured out who he was? I was in India, definitely. You know, I of course, I was just scrolling down the Instagram, and I saw a guy who was kind of motivating me. I, I, I kind of related to him, you know? He was, whenever he talks, he talks to the point and to the core, coherently and makes sense. That's what I... I personally like about him. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many things. I mean, I don't know about the video. It was about just get up in the morning, do your shit, don't care about the world, don't care about the people around you, do whatever you want. I guess Gary kind of inspired me. I mean, to an extent, you know, because that guy is cool. He is dope. I'm telling you that, you know, I've seen so many millionaires, billionaires talking about the stuff they have been through, the support, the struggles, the hardships. But that guy knows what. I am experiencing that what I believe, you know, I mean, when I was listening to him, I feel like, oh shit, how could he know about it? I mean, I am still going through that. And how, how did he know about it? So, yeah. I mean, I was in India and I just heard about it and then I started following him. And since then I, I'm literally taking his every advice possible, you know, self-awareness, self-improvement, everything, you know, and it kind of helped me. So, yeah, I mean, the knowledge is everywhere. It's about you. You're going to get it or not. So it's kind of that. That's, you know, that's very interesting to hear because uh, th- that tells me there's, there's a universal language of kind of like everyone needs to be motivated or at least be told, hey, get off your ass and do the work. And it's like having that mentor there 24 hours a day. And so it's just kind of cool to hear that that's worldwide. All right, Loriano, I got a question for you that I've kind of. I've thought about this for over the last week or so. The Not like the whole C. week. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> are, do you want to be a billionaire or do you want to have a billion dollars? Because the okay. two are very different things. That's hypothetical, well, open-ended yeah, question. <laughs> but I'm okay with being a billionaire, one, because I know I can compound that to make a billion, to make myself a billionaire by doing so. And honestly, if you compare a billionaire to a millionaire, like I'm rich, rich, like no matter what, I'm okay with 1 billion, but now if I was a billionaire for me, I'd have to think about my legacy. I guess 500 years down the road. That's what I'm asking. Like, is it a, so like, let's say you like Gary doesn't have a billion yet, but let's say he's a billionaire. He's also, he's a, he is a character of himself. That's the billionaire portion of him, the videos, the all of those things. And it's yeah. like, uh, what motivates you more? Like having the, having the billion dollars or being able to motivate others saying, look at me, I have a billion dollars and you can do it too. Uh, neither. It, it's almost the latter to where I like that second part. I, I want to give people, I want to give people something without 
any charge or anything. And, but I don't want to say this is what you can have too. I just want to be like, Hey, if you're missing something, perhaps I can help to fill that void because I've been thinking about this for the past week, honestly, of what my journey is and where I want to start because, you know, I, my goal is to be rich. I want to be financially free. I want to be financially set for myself, my family, my friends, and then the world. And so, and I figured in psychology basis, everything to me that I've seen to seem, seems sort of like manipulating people, whether it's face-to-face -face or it's the psychology. And what scares me is manipulating people's psychology without them knowing and Gary Vee is nice because he'll tell you straight up and it's like, okay, there, there's no extra oomph behind it. But then again, as a marketer and a salesman, he knows what he's doing. But so by doing so, he knows he can, you know, rocket boost himself up as this face for that cover thing. And he's like, I'm okay with that because I'm the fucking man. And so that scares me because I don't know how to tell people, hey, this is what I want to do. And this is what I want to receive, if nothing. But it's like, it's so hard to get to a certain conscious base to where it's like, I just don't want to take advantage of anybody. It's like, I want to give you something that you want and feel good about it. <laughs> Ashish, do you care about how that billion looks like? It, when I say that, I mean, like, you got a billion, you made a billion in tech, or you made a billion in, you know, consulting or do you are you romantic about how you make the money or are you just wanting to make the money? So, okay, I would like to explain this as I love the journey. Okay. I will love the journey. What's coming my way, I'm excited about it. So I, I guess I was I, I was quite impressed with the question about the billion and the billionaires. I guess not everybody knows about the difference between that. Uh what I gonna be I'm I'm gonna be a billionaire instead of a billion dollar in my bank account. Reason being, you know, every person have a span of like 70 years, you know, like 70 mm -hmm. years, 75. What I'm gonna do with the billion dollars? I mean, a billion, like two hundred billion dollars in my account. Of course I have, I have to give it back to the society. The first thing, if I'm going to make my first billion, of course, it's not going to be so easy that I just did everything on my own. There's so many people involved in that. There are going to be so many things going on with that. Support, harsh, everything's going to be involved, right? So I have mm. to give them back. So after earning my first billion dollar, I'm going to be a billionaire in the sense that I'm going to give back to the world because I don't need that much of the money. I, I'm going to do everything I can in that much money because it's not a billion dollar is not a joke. Okay, I just saw, saw the Forbes list that Trump only had $4 billion. So, I mean, you know, you, you can get that. So, yeah. it's it's kind of it's gonna be easy. It's going to be easy to choose between billion and billionaires. And if you talk about the journey and the struggle, that is exciting. Let me tell you, I'm in that level of the life, you know, that I am looking towards going on the top, right? And I can tell you how excited I am to just kick in. Okay. You know, the thing is... Of course, the romance, the love with, you know, just the craving of the power, the craving of the uh, money and to reach the goal, the purpose, everything just makes me so energetic and makes me feel that I'm going to do it. I'm going to make a big name in the world. And that's it. I don't care about the fucking billions in my account. Nice. What's your uh, like business wise? What what I know you you were you were going for law and then you kind of pivoted to something else. Do you do you have any ideas which like what direction you're wanting to go in now? Uh, you don't have to give a specific like a business idea or anything like that, but 
have you thought about like what direction you wanted to go in? All right. When I when I I went through my high school, I started my first company. I was kind of a sneakerhead. I was like to have sneakers, or maybe you know, I was kind of a sneaker. Let me tell you, I got like hundreds of sneakers at my home even now. So. Mm-hmm. That's how it started. So I started a small business out of it. I had a lot of sneakers and we were moving to another house. My mom said, like, you're going to take like 100 sneakers with you at another home? Like, why we don't do that? So I was like, let's sell it, right? I mean, India now is becoming a huge supermarket. I mean, a sneaker market, I would say, because Mm -hmm. people are just getting towards Western culture more than ever. So I guess people didn't know about the, you know, uh, sneakers before. So I was uh, a seller on eBay when I was probably like 15 years old, when eBay was a new thing in India. Nobody knew about the online shopping. Uh, I would say like in India, it's been like five or six years, online shopping became a huge thing. And I was working at that time. I sold my first sneaker with this margin of, I would say in, in US currency, it would be like 30 and I was like fascinated with the fact, bro. I mean, literally 50 bucks or 30 bucks for doing nothing. And that my journey started. I start selling sneakers. I started giving home deliveries to different people. I just asked them, I just start trying to reach them through Instagram or Facebook or any medium. I just want to make money. That's how my journey started. And got some loopholes. I heard, I mean, I found out some various things about the industry and everything. And I sold my company at 18 years old. It wasn't a much amount, but for me being an 18 year old, selling a sneaker company to someone, uh, it was barely about 10,000 or $12,000. That, that wasn't much, but I had a business which I made from scratch and sold it for $12,000. It was the big deal for me. It was something I never expected. And then I realized I got something in me probably a sales or something. I I pitched the idea to him. He just bought the company. I mean, everything. So that's how the journey started. And yeah. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious, Ashish. So, Mm -hmm. so most people out here, once they start like even like a multi billion dollar or million dollar industry, or even when they're starting off, whether you're doing a wholesale manufacturing or supplying or drop shipping, anything really that has to do with the internet and you're flipping it or you're, you're starting a new product and selling it. Most times here in the States, what we do, what we have to get pretty much cheap labor that's across seas in like, you know, Singapore, Taiwan and India and fucking everywhere. So my question to you is, why move over here when you can just stay over there where you're so close to those manufacturers and can make those connections and then start a business from there and make the deals and then ship it online? Uh, that's true. You know, that's I, w- I would take that question. Uh, the thing is resources. Personally, for me, the struggle I'm going to have in India is going to be far more than in America. The thing is, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't say the worst part. I would say not a good part about India is it doesn't pay well, I mean, in parallel to the hard work. I mean, if I'm hardworking, if I'm working like 40 hours a week, it's not going to pay me as much as I'm get, getting paid in America. Right. So but my initial your own business, goal, it will. No, but you got to start with the resources, right? For example, if you know about it, right? I'm earning money in America so that I can make business out of it. 
barely earning ten thousand dollars in America, I can kick in into something. But barely earning ten thousand in India, it's gonna take me ten more years to reach where I wanna go. And in America, it's gonna be four or five years because of the opportunity and the resources. Resources are massive. Let me tell you. You know, uh, if you talk, that's what I'm talking about. The forty hours a week or sixty hours a week. If I'm working the same job in India with the same time, I'm gonna get one not even one fourth of what i'm earning in a week here so entrepreneurship though what about that so it's you know entrepreneur is not just about hard work it's about smart work too right Mm -hmm. what you know you you know there are so many people who just do hard work every day but they're not millionaires or billionaires because they're not smart they're just using their hands and legs that's it yeah you gotta be smart Yeah, exactly. I was doing the hard work in America, uh, in India. Maybe I would have reached to that point where I want to go in 10 years, which I would definitely would have gone. But why to wait? The world is so small. I mean, the lives, I, I, I know the span is like 70, as I told you about it. So why to waste time? If I have the opportunity to go to America and I know my goal, I'm going to reach my goal in like five years. Like why to wait for it to be in India? It's a global world. I mean, what's the I, point? I just figured just build relationships with the, the manufacturers in the warehouse because you're a lot closer to them. See, if you talk about America, they're like more than billions. They, they work in billions in India. You know, mm-hmm. America imports so much things from India. So oh, yeah. if you talk about if you talk about the relationships, come on, you are in 2021. It's tech. What you're talking about? You don't have to be a real person. If I want to go to India and have relationships, I can literally have to, my mom and dad are still in India. Doesn't it mean like I'm, my relationship end, right? Yeah. It's just we are di- living in different countries. That's it. Right. It's it's global economy now. And that's what the good about the world right now. It's so easy to, it's so accessible. Everything is so accessible. And let me tell you, not about India. America is all about China now. Everything is Chinese here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, apart from the people. <laughs> so, so, hey, Ashish. So, what are like some like three to five things that you that you like about the states better than India? That that says, hey, this is opportunity, or this is the land of the free type thing. I guess um, the what first, the very first thing, the very first thing which made me excited is the organized. America is so organized. Everything is so easy, organized. You know, you don't have to hassle in certain things in comparative to India. Uh, another thing is everything comes first in America, then go anywhere in the world. So I'm going to be the first one to experience whatever going to go in the entire world. Um, the third thing I'm going to go with is us dollars of course and the fourth thing is going to be um i would the community american community somewhere somehow is supportive i mean that's what i feel you know they don't have that they are practical they, they are practical in so many sense you know but america is kind of socially driven country you know people get affected about what you're gonna do what you're doing they're judgmental that's what i believe is i i have been through the situation and what i like about america is they're not they're not i mean the people i have been through they're not judgmental so i guess uh so far i had quite a few good experiences uh which made me choose to stay here forever i guess <laughs> that was gonna be my next question is is what do you consider home do you do you do you consider america home yet if you ask me yet, 
Um, yeah. uh, if you're asking my true self, then no. I am kind of attached to my roots right now mm-hmm. until I make something in America. I don't know. It's kind of an emotional behavior of mine, and I, I'm kind of attached to my family and stuff. So I still feel sometimes that uh, it's not my country. I don't belong here. Sometimes, you know. But, you know, you have goals. You have objectives. You have to just overcome that. And I used to feel that. I wouldn't say now. I used to feel that when I just came here. Of course, as a, as a, as a person or as a child, you, you have been, like, kind of pampered with your family. And so... And coming every and have to do everything on your own, as I told about the dishes and stuff. I mean, that was the hardest part for I mean, hardest part for me. I've never done that in my life in the twenty four years. So that was kind of stuff. So um, I guess I, I I'm pretty sure that America is my home now because there is a reason why I'm here. And once I'm gonna reach it, I'm not gonna betray the country. So yes, America is my home. Good. I'm cu- so I looked up some interesting facts about India, and it says India is the wettest inhabitable place on Earth. And so you being in Oregon, I'm like, huh, kind of makes sense because it rains a lot and everything's fucking green out here because it <laughs> rains a lot. So I'm curious. So d- does does that have anything to do with it, or do you see I like? Mean, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna answer that on macro level. I would say just personally, me. I'm not a you know. I'm mount. I like to be in the hills and mountains. I guess that's yeah. one of the reasons I'm here because there's so many things around here like hiking and stuff. But when I was in India, I was the lazy ass, you know. I, I was yeah. the one who was just, uh, I mean, it has nothing to do with adventure or something yeah. like that. I just happened to be at the dry state, you know. Well, is the, is the, is the climate different from like when you're over there and you come over here, like does it? Does it feel different? Does it breathe differently? Yeah, because, you know, I personally like winters because it's very humid in summers over there. So the winters happen over there. The part I'm living in, it's in northern India. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like uh, very humid in the like eight months out of 12. So when I came here in the... Oregon, the only thing I liked about it is weather. I mean, people here like sun, shiny, sunrise, sunset, and all that shit. I was like, what the fuck you talking about? I like to be cold. I just yeah. want the weather to be cold, chilly, snowy kind of stuff. So, yeah, I guess uh, or, so far in terms of weather, for Oregon has been a pretty good choice as an Indian. <laughs> yeah, bro, HP, he told me that, and I was like, fuck that shit. Yeah, nah. I'm tired. I'm tired of the cold. I'm tired of the snow. <laughs> I was trying to move to Arizona. I figured it snowed. Is it Arizona? Who says that? <laughs> yeah, he told me about that. What the fuck is that That's shit? Crazy. Don't tell me it snows in India because I'm going to shut the shit off quick. <laughs> Not every part of the country, of course. There's certain parts. It just happened. I Wait, mean, it's yeah, certain, in certain parts in India, it snows? Of course, there are hills, there are mountains, of course. Well, okay, high altitude, I get that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Only the like a general exactly. region. I was about to be like, what? No. All right, I got an important question. Between America and India, who's got the best pussy? <laughs> you about to, I know you about uh, to kill it. That is exciting, huh? Yeah. As an Indian, America. <laughs> yeah. Oh, course. yeah? Of course, you know, it's so easy here, you know, you know, you're not buying by anything. I mean, you're not bound. You just go to pee. I mean, yeah, America, I would say. I just want to end up this question yeah. to the answer. America. Now, is is the, the pink were, stuff is pretty good. Yeah. Where <laughs> you were at in India, was it the, is it majority Muslim? 
no, they're they are minorities and majority is Hindu. I mean, Hindu. okay, Hindu. Yeah, the you know we we are not an Islamic country. We are a Hindu country, but uh, you know. Uh, Muslim is a minority over there and it's not like you know different religions but everybody is allowed to follow the religion it's kind of you know there was sovereign kind of country so mm -hmm. yeah it's it's pretty easy to adjust with the different religions in my country there's so many religions there's so many languages there's so many different people you know you can literally uh, if you if you start moving around India and try to experience people around there you pretty much have been through whole world I guess Mm. I mean, there's so oh. many different perspectives, opinions, people have different struggles, different climates, views, everything is so different, uh, different parts of the country that you feel so, you feel so excited and fascinated about the fact that India is, India is huge, not in the terms of land, but in terms of, as well as the population, but in terms well, of as well as experiences. Do you think that has a lot to do with being kind of surrounded with a lot of european nations as well or close to the european nations is i'm not sure about that that we are close to any european nations though is there but, a lot of white people in india um i don't think so really? i know no they don't live there you, you, no. you didn't see you why you live there you didn't no see a whole i lot had of white some people. friends i had some friends over there uh they're white they're white in this i mean from the european nations mm. excuse me okay but they are there for the business trips or maybe there are so many MNCs like Infosys. If you heard about it, it's from India. The Tata Consultancy Services, they're in America everywhere. It's from India. There's so many companies which are MNCs, we're multinational, they're global companies, which which started in India and now ruling the whole world. So there are, you will see various for, it's, it's kind of a travel country, you know. You can go and experience so many things. You can find Israelis, Europeans, if we, Israelis, let me tell you that. There's a place called Kasol. You will find so many Israelis in search of hashish. India, let me tell you, India has some bad, best hashish in the entire world. So you will find so many foreigners in the remote hilly areas because it's very easily accessible and cheap. And so, yeah, I mean, it, people usually prefer to travel India a lot because of the culture, I would say. Now, do your parents smoke? Because your name is Hashish. It's close. Yeah, I wish. I wish. I still wish that my father is having a joint with me, but I don't think so. It's gonna ever happen. I mean, <laughs> the right. thing is, um, it's it's still a big deal, you know. I would say weed that is ganja in India, it's illegal, but is more accessible than a legal thing. Right. <laughs> you can easily get it from anywhere around the corner. So, hey, can you uh, do, can you Ashish? Can you do us a, a favor? Let everybody listening out there in the world know that. When you're overseas in a different country that you don't not have to be afraid that you can speak English and there's people that speak English everywhere. Is that true? Uh, you know, can, can you just pardon me? I mean, I just want to understand the question one more time. Yeah, so, you know? so there's a lot of people that, that I've met, uh, honestly, mostly only in Southern Oregon, who are very scared to travel abroad because they think, hey, uh, they, they don't know how to speak English over there, so I'm scared. Or over there, there's like a lot of bad shit going on, and I'm scared. Mm -hmm. So they, they're so comfortable in America, and they stay here. But that is so yeah. fucking stupid-minded that they don't yeah. know the world. But So can you enlighten them and let them know, hey, like I mean, there's bad everywhere, but there's also good. But do people speak English over there? 
Yeah, I got you, bro, on that. But let me tell you, like, if you go to India, I mean, a certain places, a majority mm-hmm. of the places, especially the southern part of India, you will encounter more people who speak English than their national language. Oh. I mean, the Hindi. So you will encounter more people uh, who speaks English. And of course, every country had the ghetto places, you know. If you go to yeah. America, there are so many places. You know, Coco, we have seen <laughs> yeah. that. It, it, so, it, yeah. Yeah, so there's so many ghetto places. It's everywhere. You know, people, different people are everywhere. So you know about the certain countries. But of, of course, you know, uh, I've seen so many videos, blogs and stuff. But India, being an Indian and Indians are really respectful. They, they like people who are just coming to their country and they're very patriotic. You know, so it's kind of having love for the nation. So they welcome everybody. Nobody has to worry about what's going to happen in India. They will be surprised to see about the language, the skills, uh, the standards and the lifestyle standards they have over there. What we see in the news, what we see uh, in different part of the, you know, internet or something, that is not the real India. That must be a part of India, but not the massive or macro part of the India. There's right. still a huge part where I belong from, which is which is really clean, nice, and of course, really good. So yeah, nobody has to worry about it. The language especially. You will be you will be impressed and you will be really you will feel really I don't know, but there's so many languages over there. People are more knowledge knowledgeable than here in America. I may sound different, but yeah, that's how it works. Nice. Well, good. I'm sure a lot of people actually need to hear that because <laughs> <laughs> some people are just so scared of like, you know. Yeah. And, and, yeah. With the last intense of my life, I mean, my, my answer, people are going to be like, he's fucking racist. Who's just doing it? <laughs> <laughs> nah. right? We're from America. We invented racism. Oh, I agree. Ooh. I totally agree with that. That was hard. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. That's I guess gonna, that. It's going to take yeah. some serious racism to impress an American on racism. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, but I don't know. <laughs> of course, Americans are no. They're never going to be used to Indian things, you know. Indians are so easygoing. They don't even care. They don't even bother what's going on. And India, American who's going to go to India, at first he's going to be like, is he rude? Or he, it was normal. But that was normal. That's not rude. So there are different definitions of different country. Here, if I say sorry to anybody, he might take out different context from that. He was rude, whatever. That, they, they usually get, you know. Americans, they usually get offended very easily. Like yeah. in a span of a second, they get offended. For if, if I'm harsh to somebody for a certain reason, they get offended. But in India, nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> nice. When did you learn English? Um, I guess I didn't, I never learned it. It was a subject in my school. And uh, when I was in the school, it was necessity or it was mandatory to talk in English in the class. We never did though, but... That's how it happened. You know what? I didn't learn the English in schools, in the school or whatever, in the college. No. I learned the English by conversating with different people on different platforms. When I was working with the eBay, I had to talk to different customers. And everybody was preferring to talk in English because eBay customer, when eBay was in India, now eBay is not in India. So when it was in India... They had a customer base, which was which was a global thing. You know, they, they, they had a global because eBay was a huge thing in America. And most of the, my customers, they were like, someday they are in London and someday in the U.S. 
So it's kind of that. Uh, so my clients basically started talking to me in English. And I don't know, I, I can't just give you a specific thing that I learned English from there. It just happened to me. I don't know. I've never, I don't know. It just happened to me. Maybe my accent sound weird because I just came to America and all the shit, but I, I don't know. It just happened to me. I can't just give you any specific book or CD or whatever that is that I learned English. In English is a language which cannot be learned. Did you do yeah, No, it wasn't a, I was only asking because I, I had heard from other people that um, English is, is taught to younger kids around the world. And it's kind of yeah. like, we have this American arrogance to where we don't learn nobody else's language, right? Exactly. Y'all just got to learn us. And I didn't oh, know you, when you, yeah. when it was There's, introduced, you know? Americans, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. But, yeah, English is something I've always been taught in the school and all the shit. But I don't think so. I've learned that in the school because I've never spoke that in the school. But I guess my business, my outer world, I would say the people I've been with and all that, they just made me learn English. And we were just talking. Maybe initially I started making mistakes and all that shit. But after just doing the same thing, after just me, I would say working on that, it became really good. So I would say 30% of Amer Indians speak English, which is bigger than most of the nations. So you don't have to worry about the language in the country. I'm curious, like, so in the States, uh, as we're growing up and we're in schooling, uh, one of the common questions most teachers ask us, and I don't know, and I'm curious if they ask you over there too, what they ask us is like, so where do you see yourself in five years or 10 years? Did you guys get ever like promoted at like those questions? Uh, I would say this question has become more popular in the recent years. Mm. Um, I guess since the internet become a thing, I guess that people get to know about what future is like, you know, people started talking about what they want to be. If you, oh. if you ever feel the vibe, you know, in the recent years, it's been, that's what I believe. It's been like five or six years. People are just talking about business. Everybody I mean, that's what I feel. Everybody's just talking about being an entrepreneur. They have their ideas. They want to turn that into a business. Million. But everybody's talking about that. And I've I've been asked that question once in my lifetime. I would say when I was in India, that where you see in your five years. And I, I, let me tell you, I was 15 years old, and <laughs> I, my answer was so stupid. It's I said, money. In America. <laughs> no, I said in America. I mean, that's what I did. In America. And, oh, nice. Yeah, I mean. I, that's what I felt, you know, I, I may sound stupid. I feel like that was a stupid answer. You know, you can't, your goal can be a country, you know, your goal has to be different. So yeah. when I was 15, somebody asked me that, where well, you want to see yourself in five years? I said, US, but the best part is I'm here. So I made it. That's interesting. I'm just so curious as why, especially at the year 15 years old, you were like, I see myself there in five years. Cause if you ask a 15 year old here now, they're not going to say across seas anywhere. They're going to say something else. Like, Yeah. So being, being from India or maybe any kind of a developing country, which is still, uh, which is still growing, I would say, yeah. uh, they, they have that a powerhouse opinion. in 10 years. They will definitely, <laughs> yeah. there's no, no, no question on that. But what I believe is, um, oh shit, I forget the question. Can you just repeat that again? I, I guess I just had too much beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good homie i need some weed i guess that? <laughs> so how do you so how does the weed compare out to here from india weed 
<laughs> that was not the question that I remember. What That's was the pivot. question? It's a pivot. <laughs> what do you okay, think about right. the weed out here compared to out there? Okay, okay, okay. I had I already had weed in India for sure, but here in America the weed is kind of harsh. I would say they have more flavors. It's so easily accessible than a candy, and uh, I guess uh, it's pretty. But you know what? It, it feels great when you're doing some illegal shit. You know, it's so easily av- available yep. in America. Then you can just go to a dispensary and buy a smoke. I mean, buy a joint or whatever you want to do. But it it doesn't feel that vibe. That oh shit, bro. I mean that's not a weed the weed was what i was doing in the corner of a colony or maybe corner of the street uh you know uh <laughs> that nobody knows about it what i'm doing uh, right. opening a wrapper i mean just you know you know what i how i used to do the smokes uh, it's not very easily to get a raw papers or every kind of papers over there in the country so we used to split the smokes the cigarettes in two parts take out the tobacco from there make the tobacco from the weed and fill it again that's what, how we. What, what about hookah? It. You guys fuck around with hookah and weed? Yeah, yeah. Hookah is very easy. Yeah, hookah is like, like because you put hashish in there. <laughs> no, I've never done that. I would love no? to, but you know what? That you know what? I prefer to do all of these things in the illegal country. You know, I would love to have weed in Dubai. I would love to have you know a liquor in Saudi Arabia. That that is so exciting, isn't it? <laughs> God damn it, HB! I wish I could be twenty four again. <laughs> and we're going to dubai with you <laughs> we might spark some illegal shit <laughs> but yeah don't you agree with me it's fun to have illegal shit in anywhere in the country you know it's fun yeah it's a it, it, that reminds me of a uh it was an old quote from so i don't know if you know this but we had prohibition here about i don't know yeah yeah, yeah. 100 years ago actually right now okay and so alcohol was illegal in this country for going on what seven years something stupid like that mm-hmm. so during that time the price of getting illegal alcohol shot through the roof right and so it reminds me of this show i was watching once and this guy was like you know what kind of idiots gonna pay five times more for a bottle of liquor than he did just a year ago right yeah and it was like well, the kind of idiot that you tell that they can't have it. So it's basically Ooh. like, since you tell Ooh. him now he can't have it, he'll pay whatever to get it. But when it was legal, not so much, you know? And uh. so it's, it's a, I get what he's saying about the the thrill of being told you can't have something. Yeah. And, and that's very true. And I mean, like, I love hitting the red button is, is what I call it is when I'm not allowed to do something, I love tapping that red button and be like, well, let me see what happens when I do. And and it's been a mixed feelings, honestly. But I love being the 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 creator of my own universe to see what happens after that. But yeah, man, especially at a certain ages, I think you have to. You have to experience life and fuck around and be like, because you don't quite concept the idea of rules or laws. You're like, no, that's for adults. Go ahead and worry about them while I figure out how to grow up to be an adult right it's just it's just interesting but i mean fuck i I still smoke in american spirits and these bitches just raise the prices up by two dollars what the fuck is an american spirit it it, it's like an 
Indian spirit. It's like it's from like the Native Americans and shit like that. What, so but what is it? Is it weed it or what do you? No, it's, so it's a cigarette that doesn't have any like carcinogens in it. So it doesn't have that thin layer inside of it that has all those chemicals. But you're still smoking a cigarette, which is tobacco. Um, yeah, it's you know what? Let me tell you the reason. Reason it says organic on the packaging. So you know the show offs and everything. People just pretend to be so healthy and stuff that we are just having organic stuff and all that shit. Because I do American spirits too. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> I kind of relate to that. It's tobacco and water <laughs> as opposed to tobacco and 183 chemicals that marble gives you. Okay, but, he got the stats too, huh? Shit. Yeah, well, I've been that. smoking for a while, so. <laughs> How much is a pack of cigarettes nowadays? You don't want to know. I really do. How much, if you were not allowed to buy a pack of cigarettes and they told you you could, it's uh, it's pretty much what the price people will pay for. And so back in the day, that shit was like $6. And then I went to 8 so like you can buy marbles or some shit, commonality or something like that for around $8. American Spirits, because it's, quote, deemed the healthier cigarette, even though it's still fucking tobacco. I paid $10 for this pack. Oh, no, you're wrong. It's ten twenty nine. Every penny counts. This motherfucker. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But still, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Some but you don't smoke. A, are, you're not a pack a day smoker, are you? No. That shit can get pricey, bro. Yo, definitely not. (laughs) No, my mind is on the verge of quitting every three days. (laughs) So don't you have the American spirits in Indiana or what? Yeah, they do. But the prices are so different out here in different states, depending where you live at. It's just Mm -hmm. like by demand, really. So if the demand is high, hey, this population smokes a lot more in this area. We're going to raise the price because of capitalism. Hmm. And it's just it's. It's just best to quit. <laughs> All right. So I have a question with you, Americans. Okay. My question is, what do you think about the stimulus and the government who is just printing money every day? Uh, what's 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 happening with it? What's going to happen to the economy, the value of the U.S. dollars? Uh, what's going to happen? Why are they giving money to the citizens and just so-called unemployed that's how they describe themselves, but they're hefty and plenty of jobs around the corner, but they don't want to work. But- so stimulus and stimulus and unemployment is kind of two separate things. I'll, I'll start with the stimulus. They're not giving money to the people. They're giving yeah, I the have money back two to two questions the in one. Yeah, they're giving money back to the people. So a government is not supposed to be a profiting entity in itself, right? Yeah. So any money they have is money they have collected through taxes. So when you stimulate an economy, all you're doing is technically recirculating the dollars that circulated back to you. You just need to help get them flowing again. So as far as the stimulus, I don't think it has any impact, good or bad. Like even the things that they say that it's going to help with, it's nowhere near enough to help the people that actually needed it to make a difference. Um, the unemployment, uh, that one gets a little more tricky. (laughs) Uh, I don't know enough about, I don't know enough about how the unemployment works as in like where the money comes from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Uh, exactly. So, so it's hard for me to know how it really affects the value of the dollar, but I do know that the stimulus has pretty much zero impact. The stimulus was mainly to Honestly, the stimulus was mainly to calm Wall Street down. Okay. The stimulus was masked as something for the people 
but it was only actually done when they needed to bail out Wall Street and the companies that Wall Street profits off of. So, so we didn't get, mm-hmm. we didn't get it. The people said they needed a stimulus for a long time. We didn't okay. actually get a stimulus until American Airlines said, hey, we have like 12 days of operation before <laughs> we go bankrupt. Okay. Yeah. And then and then magically a bill got done that yeah. gave them three billion dollars. Yeah. And so like mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff like it, it's the stimulus shit, like that shit is just a that's a marketing scheme. That shit was for Wall Street and for for major corporations. It's supposed to trickle down, but like the trickle the trickle down effect economy doesn't it just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way, especially in America. Like you can't. You can't pride yourself on being capitalist and then say, but the trickle down economy works because it's not actually designed to do that. The two things can't both work at the same time, you know, as in funneling money back into the system to bring it back up. It's just it can't can't go down. It can't go down far enough to actually reach the bottom. Oh, yeah. 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 So just to keep running the economy kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 So it's uh, it's one of those things to where because if 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 that was if trickle down had any kind of real effect, you wouldn't have had. So like people and businesses lost literally trillions of dollars in this last calendar year. But like very few billionaires actually lost money. It was, I think it was, it was just in Forbes the other day, something like 74% of billionaires damn near doubled their net worth during the pandemic. Look at the Amazon. That's just, Amazon's the only one that makes sense to me. I get, (laughs) oh shit. What's your take on Elon Musk? I want to get that question. You know, I just want to take the question inside here, but Uh, who is Elon according to you? I I like him. He's a visionary. I do. I like Elon Musk. Um, I like everything he stand. He, I think a piece of him is in me as in like, we will gamble. Like if you just tell me it's possible, then yeah, I'm, I'm in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they said, you're not going to go to space. Like, bro, people don't go to space. You don't create a company and go to space. It's just not a thing that happens. NASA goes to space. And he's like, yeah, but is it possible? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I mean, yeah. I Don't guess. So? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes his things, what he say are, I mean, ridiculous. Ridiculous in the positive sense, you know? Like yeah. he has some ridiculous things to say, uh, which which personally me sometimes feel, it's is it practically possible? You know? So it's kind of that. I've just heard, in an, I mean, I was reading an article on Facebook somewhere and Elon Musk said, uh, the Mars trip is not for the billionaires or the riches. It's for the adventurers because they're not even sure they're going to come back. So, I mean, it's, is it going to happen? Somebody going to go to Mars to die? I mean, yes. is it 100%. really going to happen? Yes. And Bro, it's probably going to be me. Because uh, it's 100%. <laughs> yeah. The first uh, 10,000 people are probably going to die, and I'm be one of them. <laughs> Because I'm okay. going to space, motherfucker. But let me segment this conversation to the first conversation because this is great. Because what? Because the way you talked about the American dream and making it, just like people like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, Harvey, you're the same thing. And Because in my eyes, if Ashish is looking at anybody, to me, he should be looking at you because you are the epitome of what 
somebody else might deem the American dream. Can you tell Ashish a little bit about your background, how you grew up, like just very summary, and then tell him what you're doing now from where you came from. to know about it. I mean, yeah, basically, like I said before, like it's a... If if it's possible, I I, be, I have this weird thing about me that I believe I can do it, right? And so I don't think I was ever built to work for anybody else. It's just not I'm 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 a terrible employee. So <laughs> therefore, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it le- it leaves me Let to me, being like, what do yeah. I have here? Yeah, I have heard stories. This thing. He's a bad employee. <laughs> I have to let me let me pause myself. you right here. Go ahead, HB. Let me re- pause you right here. Okay, so Loriano, the first thing I met you, what, what did I say to you? Fuck bitches, get money. Oh no, God. you didn't say that. that. I'm a charitable employee. That was the same. <laughs> you, un- did, exactly. you did say that. You did. I, yeah, I, I said to him that I'm not a good employee, and I know it. Yeah. There's and I and I love that. That's the only thing I love about me. I don't want to work for somebody else. I, come on, I got dreams. I, I, you know, what, there's nothing impossible in the world. Why to work for somebody and just make their dreams happen? This this statement sounds to be really you know old or something like that, but it generally and definitely makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. go ahead, HP. Because yeah, yeah, this dude started from the bottom and he came from. Where he's at I mean, now. I, like he was saying, like, and I've known him. I've known Loriano for what, God, twenty years now, something like that. Yeah, I was gonna he's, say, so whoa. he's known the he's he's known the whole story, and and I had regular jobs that just never worked out, and then I finally got one that I actually liked, and like I was working for this other family, and they decided to retire, close their company, and go to California. So I was pretty much just left with no job, no income. So I had to kind of use what I had. I had a broom and a vacuum. And I That's said, my oh, man. I'm a, I'm a cleaning company now. I know how to do these wow, website crazy. things. Yeah, so but I he built was, the website. He was, he was homeless. He, he, was, he was sleeping in his car. Yo. He's got kids. My car. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the whole nine. Like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get too deep into it. But like it's yeah, a. Built his, every, built his spirit up to not let him know it's possible. Because you're, you're the visionary in the possibility. Man, let me tell you, it's, I, we're not into, we're not talking 10 years ago. We're talking <laughs> four years ago. I was homeless. Yeah. Now I am in a home that is in probably the nicest part of the city that I live in. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the suburbs. It's all my children are under one roof. I've got e- enough extra space. Oh, you I got children? Yeah. I've got enough extra space that I could do. Ooh. I do what I want to do. I, I've been on multiple vacations this year. Probably, Whoa, too, nice. probably too many. Yeah. Uh, but uh but yeah, like <laughs> I, I get to wake up every day and do what I want to do. You know what I mean? And it's and I, I'm I'm not overly educated. I, I didn't I started <laughs> I like with no term. money. I didn't have any yeah. money. I don't got no family support. I didn't have nothing. It's just me. Yeah. What, so, what took you to that level? Was it grit or was it like, besides the possibility this is possible, what, when you're slipping in your car, what was the, the, the deciding factor to be like, my, everything's on and I'm on full gears. How, how did you drive forward from that pinnacle moment of what people would consider the bottom? Really what it was for me, man. And I don't know if anybody else can tap into it because I just always felt like I'm not built like they are. Yeah. This can't break me. I've 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 been through worse stuff than even being homeless. Like 
it didn't feel like the worst place I've been in my life. When my mom left me, when I was living, my mom left me when I was 13 years old. She just moved to another state in the middle of the day while I was in school. Left. So to me, that was way worse than 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 being homeless, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh-uh. Like now I got, I got, I know how to use resources. <laughs> I'm 20-something years old. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm built for this. Everybody not built for this. So because you're was, a fucker who did everything every fucking thing possible on your own and that made you stronger man yep i guess after hearing you and after listening to you i guess you literally make sense to what self-made means oh this is gonna sound weird harvey Uh did you do you think you had a disadvantage in your favor from having some fucked up shit happen to you at an early age to where you had to grow up a lot younger. So you actually matured a lot faster than everybody else. A hundred percent. And I would yeah. do it again. <laughs> like if they told me I could sign up for it, but you got to go through this shit again, I would a hundred percent do it again. Just because like it, things happen for a that, reason and you're here for it. I got those tools in my tool bag. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if shit hits the fan again, I'm not going to panic. Mm-hmm. When the when the economy shut down, I wasn't about to panic. Cause if if the only thing that I know that I'm good at is taking one and turning that into two, right? I don't give a shit what the product is, what the service is. That's the formula. That's it. So I, I, I there's That's no true. panic because I've yeah. got a big I've got a big tool case of shit of old tools that I've had to use. <laughs> that are still there and and if i didn't have to if i didn't go through that stuff i wouldn't have those skill sets you know what i mean because i wouldn't have a need for them hmm. once a wise man said if your employees know how to make hundred dollars into two hundred dollars he's hard to employ anymore so yes i yeah. totally agree with that a hundred percent yeah i totally agree life's a trip and I'm a firm believer things happen for a reason. And if it doesn't happen for a reason, then you haven't found out that reason yet. And it's kind of a cop out, to be honest, actually hearing those quotes for all those years, things happen for a reason. Well, bitch, I'm already here. I, I Either I got to say it happened for a reason or it didn't. Nonetheless, you can't change the past. So the idea of the, it all is always looking forward and moving forward. And be like, it happened for a reason because watch me, I'm about to do this. And then you do it. And that's what life is about. Ashish, were, were you taught about wealth when you were coming up as a as a kid, or are you guys taught money at a young age in India? Uh, the thing is, it's not. You know what? If you ask me just personally, as I have to answer that on my own, uh, the thing is, it wasn't easy for me to grow up. Okay, so the thing is, when I was born, my family till then, my family was like kind of rich, popular, famous people in this town or whatever that is. But after like, I literally enjoyed the luxury for like some time only, okay, since I was able to earn things on my own. And after the things happened and we were, you know, kind of losses in business and all that shit. But fortunately, we've never been homeless because, because like being homeless in India is kind of something almost, almost you're ended, you're, you died. It's kind of that. It's not as easy and 
it's not as often used in term in India, you know, when mm-hmm. we talk, uh, oh, sorry, in America, when we talk about, uh, I've, I've been to so many peoples in America, they talk about homeless and all the shit. They, they're, they're like, I've been homeless for this much time and all the shit. I couldn't even imagine that I could be ever homeless in India. And I'm fortunate about it because being in homeless in India is something like, it's something or you already died. It's, it's a huge deal. It's not as, mm-hmm. as, you know, more talk it. I mean, nobody talks about it. It's it's something you can just make it or whatever that is. It's not about, you know, very popular topic, I would say. Um, so the wealth is something, the hardships my parents have been through, the struggles they have been through to make me study because education, it's not free in India as in America, okay? So if you want to give good education to your, you know, uh children or whatever, you have to spend more money. So I'm fortunate that my parents worked their asses off to make me to where I am right now. I Mm -hmm. couldn't, you know, sometimes when I say I'm a self-made man, sometimes, you know, when I say that, I I personally feel that kind of guilty that, is it really? Am I self-made? I mean, is it just me who did the hardships? No, it's my fam. It's my it's my mother. It's my it's my dad. It's my my sisters. They have done their asses off. They worked their asses off to bring me where I am. There there was a time when I couldn't buy shoes for my school. You know, my principal. I I was kind of you know intelligent kind of child. You know, in the school, I was kind of popular. That I am kind of intelligent. I scored really good grades and all that shit. So my my principal, I was crying. You know. Let me tell you, uh, you know, I, I, I still remember that. Um, so we, I did have, you know, we had a certain kind of color of the shoes we have to wear on the certain days of the, you know, when we go to the school. For example, it's Monday and Thursday, you have to wear black shoes and rest of the days you have to wear white shoes. And I only had black shoes because my sister used to uh, be in that school. And when she just took off the school, she gave me her shoes so that I can, because I couldn't afford a $2 shoe. That was a $2 shoe. Let me tell you that. All right. And I'm talking about 2013. Okay. It was a $2 shoe. So, um, my principal, she just called me in the office and, you know, they were kind of strict of the shoes and the dress code of the school and everything. So she said, why don't you have your white shoes on this day? I said, I couldn't, I mean, I don't have it. That was my response. And she said, you have to go now and buy that from the whatever, the dress shop in the school or whatever that is. Everybody went there to buy the shoes because of course they know, but I didn't. I started crying. I said my parents couldn't afford 500 500 rupees or maybe $2 that time. I was like, I need to call my mom and ask her if she can buy me a 500 rupee shoe or $2 shoe. And my, my principal was like, for real? I mean, how come you're, I mean reading in i mean how how come you're in the school it was an expensive school must say i must say so she was like how how are you managing that if you can't even afford a two dollar shoe how you're managing this much of the fees and everything i i said i don't know my i don't know where my mother is getting that from my mother never worked in her life she started borrowing stuff from the relatives you know uh, the friends and family and that's how she raised three childs and you can't underestimate the struggle she has made I, i can never do that so because i i've seen that so wealth is i i would say the value i i've learned the value after seeing you know Sometimes I feel like people are so fortunate to get that money in their early ages, they they can never value it. 
I, I my my parents I'm fortunate my parents taught me the value I I sometimes feel I'm fortunate that I've been through that hardships and my parents have been through that hardships and I was I was conscious to encounter that uh, so that because that made me a man I am today I I literally value single penny even now because I know how hard it is to make yeah for some people so my principal what she did she literally took out two dollars from her purse and gave it to me and said go and buy the shoes because she said you have to follow the rules but i'm gonna help you in that and i don't know if she's gonna listen to it ever or whatever that is but i really want to thankful that small thing of kindness she did to me and had a huge impact on my lifetime i guess she's the only one you know it, it might sound really weird or it might sound not as big as to different people but to me it was huge because i was i was like i was in my 12th grade i was still a child i mean we in india we are not as you know mature as in america a 12 if you compare a 12 grade child in india and a 12 grade child uh, in america uh, it's far different mm-hmm. you know when they are in america they have already been through like 10 pusses but in india they are trying to do so <laughs> so it's kind of bad <laughs> so um, yeah so i was still a child and my principal gave me like 2 dollars to go and buy the shoes it wasn't $2 i'm just making it so complicated yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was 5 or 6 dollars it was around that i didn't do the calculation mm-hmm. or the math but yeah so she made me realize that how impactful the kindness is a little act of kindness is so impactful and it has been impacted me i mean it has been so good to me and it made me learn like how i don't know i i i feel emotionally even now i wish she would have been here and she would have seen like where uh, what i've done and uh, how i just made it so i guess it just the hardships and the struggles what my fam did to me uh, made me realize the wealth actually is and the value of it and my 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 dad always tells me even now that wealth is not cash he always says to me you know he he always says to me it's not cash it don't matter how many dollars or how many rupees you have in your bank account if you feel comfortable even in 1000 dollars you are wealthy if you are happy you know it's it's rather it's rather happy to be in your toyota than to cry in your ferrari that's what he always teach me <laughs> that's a great that's quote a yeah loriano <laughs> anything you want to add No, not yet. It's just I I I'll say I I'm enjoying listening just cuz, you know, I'm Puerto Rican from New York, then moved to Indiana to Oregon and I want to be a world traveler. So just hear Look at the diversity we have right now. Yeah, Shit. man, I just want to hear somebody else's story, especially from overseas because the way we see the world through the news or Facebook or some shit like that. I love this kind of interaction to to learn and to grow more and you know i just want to say i appreciate you for you being on here and it's a pleasure because you said some great knowledge about your place and you yeah well okay so i have a question with you two guys you know i had the question but i had my fifth beer so i guess <laughs> i still remember that I, i hope so my question was related to kind of america all right l- let me remember that let me just remind that what i was thinking about you can carry on till then <laughs> no yeah i'm 
just by you talking about India and here, it to me just shows there's a there's a one universal language, you know, and you know it, it, whether that's love, motivation, grit, or just how you grew up, but somehow mentality takes place and those people around you affect those mentalities that you have. Yeah. And I just find that fascinating because that no matter what is universal, you're going to find your hidden mentors. You're going to find the, the hidden beast inside of you to figure your shit out. And I, I just love hearing the stories from worldwide because it's, you realize we're not so much different after all. But yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe so. Of course I do believe in that. Um, thing that your environment definitely affects you a lot. And I've been fortunate that I've, I've hung out with so much trash. So I know what the real value is and who's the real diamond, you know? So yeah. I know how the trash looks like. So my question to you guys is, um, what do you think about the weekend culture in America? Don't you think so? Is it, I mean, it was needed. I mean, people just work from Monday to Friday and Saturday, Sunday, they're like good to go. I've seen people, they're working for like 60 years or maybe 50 or 40 years in a shitty company and earn like minimum wage jobs and he's still happy. What do you think about it? I mean, are do they lack motivation? Are they happy or they just don't want to do anything in their life. That's, that looks, I mean, I feel weird. Like maybe yeah. is that ant- being an entrepreneur is a quality or is it a talent or what do you think about it? So I, 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 I'm big into psychology and I cannot answer that answer um, unless it's specified to one person. But what I can say, uh, you yourself being from India, when you say, hey, you want to come to the land of opportunity, people always call it the land of the free. So when you're in the land of the free, so to say, the United States, then you kind of have the freedom to do whatever the fuck you want to do. And so whether that's called working Monday through Friday, then Saturday and Sunday, you fucking get pissed drunk and chill and then go back to the routine. In some sort of way, your psychology already knows what kind of cycle and pattern you're doing. And for some reason, whether that's good or bad for yourself, you're comfortable with that. And so that has to be answered individually uh, to t- determine somebody's oomph, so to say. But, you know, with the land of the free out here, you could be a homeless bum being fucking ha- happy as fuck sitting on the street corner asking for dollar bills and smoking a blunt. And so it's kind of a catch 22, but it's kind of just what you make it. Harvey, you got some input on that? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm in the same boat as you on that. It's a, it depends on like everybody, like he said, it, it, everyone's so different. So different things drive different people. And I think it comes down to that happiness word and happiness. And to me, the same thing kind of means, um, let me see like settled in oneself because like who I am today is not the same person I was like four years ago. Right. Right. And so I used to think I needed a billion dollars. I I know I don't, I don't need a billion dollars now. Mm -hmm. And so like, don't don't get me wrong. I would love to have a billion dollars, but like, (laughs) but tell the universe real quick, let me be clear, but we're about to take this shit back. Yeah. But like now it's like, and I used to think I wanted, I wanted to have a billion dollars and I wanted people to know I had a billion dollars. Right. Now I would very, very much like to have like a hundred million and not that many people know. And I don't have to, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm happy with myself, whether I have 
a dollar, a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, or a hundred thousand dollars, whether I work on Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever, those things don't define me. The things that I do, my job, my this, my that. And I don't think it does for other people as well. Right. That's beautiful. Well, Ashish, let's let's end this right here, but let me ask you something before we take off, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so just after the whole world's hearing you speak, what's something that you can leave them? Um, either either advice, a quote, a summary, or a key takeaway just from you or listening to you that you can just give back to the community. What's some advice, a quote, or a summary, or anything that you want to say as a, as a part and a goodbye to everyone? You know what? I, I could have say a really fancy things. I could have Google it. I could could have to, anything which I have uh, a popular guy I've already told or whatever that is. You know what? I just want to end this up on a very, 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 you know, simple note. I would say if I can do it, everybody can do it. And I know how I did it. So it's all perseverance and hard work. That's it. That's it. And that's it. I like it. Persistence and hard work, baby. Well, she's you want to uh, let people know where they can find you on social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Give yourself a shout out. Yeah, I have a private account on Instagram. I don't like to be public, but I like to be uh, with the community. So you can check me out on Instagram with Ashish Grover. I can spell that for you. It's A-S-H-I-S-H-G-R-O-V-E-R-R-R. That's my Instagram handle. You can check me out over there. It's not a fancy account. It's just me. That's it. Beautiful, man. Well, Harvey, you want to take us out? Uh, Yeah, like I said, I want to... You know, thank him again for coming on. Uh, you can find Cloud Conversations at Cloud Conversations Pod on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Justin Giffen KY. I do a bunch of other shows as well. Uh, anyone that's a returning listener, you've heard all of them before. You know where to find me. That's about it, man. Oh, Same. no, it's not it. You can find if you're listening on pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Yeah. Any platform. And whichever platform you decide that you want to listen on, all I we ask is that are, you revert or you review and subscribe and stick with us on that platform. And I don't give a damn which one it is. Yeah, we're going to have a lot more guests on. We're going to keep it interesting, keep it funky. And as always, people, we love you. Peace. All right. Shout out to Coco and HB. Thanks for having me here, guys. And You're welcome. yes, we will make it happen. You're mm-hmm. welcome, my brother. Bring it on. One love. <laughs>